everyone wants to be famous, you want to be famous, or at least you want to be rich, or at least you want to be successful, or at least you want to be happy. Well, I mean, what it boils down to is you're wanting a change, right? And everyone is aware of the fact that it's all in your mind. Here's my thing, though. Here's my thing. I've been consuming self-help content since the age of 14, probably earlier, probably the age of 12, when I hit puberty. I remember my cousin and I in Pakistan picking up a copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People. And the Pakistani version was entitled Mite Bolki Jadu, which essentially translates to the magic of talking sweetly, something along those lines. I remember picking up during the same time frame the Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi. Miyamoto Musashi was a Japanese ronin, the Japanese ronin, as it were. Ronin, for those of you who may not know, was a masterless samurai. Masterless samurai, okay? Essentially, a samurai whose liege lord had been killed slash died or what have you or he'd been abandoned or disgraced or exiled and rather than pledge his allegiance to another liege lord masterless samurai known as ronin would essentially travel the land they'd offer themselves for hire there's a nice or not so nice robert de niro movie called ronin Okay, <laughs> about a modern day version, I suppose, of a masterless samurai. Mission Impossible kind of thing of an agent gone rogue. In any case, Miyamoto Musashi was the ultimate samurai. And samurai would engage, Ronin would engage in, 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 in combat. Okay, so they'd be wandering the, the earth, so to speak, like Cain. And, you know, one Ronin master would happen upon another. And for whatever reason, probably it would be a, a case of just figuring out who really the master swordsman was. These Ronin would, Ronin would face off against each other, okay? And they had a long sword and a, a short sword, a sword and uh, a so-called katana, right? Now, the Japanese sword, as you may know or may not know, was, was, was created by master craftsmen who would essentially hammer hundreds, if not thousands, of layers of steel over a period of days or weeks or whatever. I mean, it was the sharpest and most deadliest sword ever known to mankind kind of thing. And... Ronin facing off against each other became a test of wills, okay? So essentially, the two Ronin would stand opposite each other probably for minutes, if not hours. It was a really a test of wills, like the, 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 the likes of which you haven't really seen. Um, you know, it's reminiscent of 
Hitler giving a speech to like hundreds of thousands of people and pausing for a minute before he said anything. Now, obviously, Hitler's the devil, Nazism is bad, all this kind of stuff. Ronin would face off against each other, and the one who moved or made the first move would be defeated because that would be a sign of weakness. Essentially, it was a kind of battle of wills once again, and the way it worked out, is the one who moved first essentially broke the flow of whatever it was that was going on and the other would would see the opening and 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 essentially be able to defeat the the person who made the move first if that makes any sense whatsoever so Miyamoto Musashi over a period of years and decades he became renowned as this master sage he never lost a sword fight and he became a man of wisdom or what have you and then he wrote the book of five rings okay it's a it's a short book it was rebranded and republished published as a as kind of a corporate how to manual you know and then you've got during the same time period i picked up and read the tao te ching by lao tzu lao tzu was another strange figure in chinese history apparently rode into history on a donkey wrote this book the tao te ching the way of the Tao, something along those lines. What is Tao? T-A-O. You've probably heard of the Tao of Winnie the Pooh or the Tao of Steve or some kind of Tao. T-A-O. The Tao Te Ching. More or less as famous as Confucius in China. The Tao Te Ching essentially talks about the way, the way, the Tao. Right? You read it and it is essentially like the Psalms or poetry. It's actually very profound and moving and inspiring. And I remember the book I picked up when I was once again 12, 13, or 14, living in Pakistan at the time, or visiting Pakistan on vacation, as it were, having grown up in Kuwait in the Middle East. Very inspiring stuff. You've got this beautiful poetry. You've got these repaintings. And... You've got something that's very reminiscent of my own upbringing as a conservative Muslim. Talking about the Tao being unnameable, just like God is unnameable. The Tao being the source of everything, just like God is the source of everything. And then the, the paradox of the Tao. The paradox being that in order to achieve, you have to let go. In order to be... In control, you have to cede power. So the sage, by making himself low and humble, rises above men and things of that nature. Anyway, the whole point of that little spiel was that I've been indoctrinating myself with self-help since the age of 12. I'm 44 right now. If there's a self-help person or teaching or some kind of source out there, I've I've at least tasted of it. Everything from the Tibetan Book of Death to Buddhism, Eckhart Tolle. My career in the corporate world was in sales. And so I was listening to sales seminars on a constant basis. Okay. Grant Cardone, Brian Tracy. Okay. Obviously, Tim Robbins. Uh, sorry, Tony Robbins. 
Uh, the point being that I've been consuming this content for years and years and years. Now, I consider myself an intelligent person. Most people consider themselves intelligent. So obviously that's not, uh, you know, saying anything. However, I can say that I can recite tomes and tomes and tomes of teachings about self-help. Everything from Malcolm Maltz, uh, the the plastic surgeon in the 60s who came up with the concept of self-image all the way through, you know, the power of positive thinking to, um, you know, the law of attraction. Okay, Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. And by the way, I might as well say I'm still listening to this stuff. I just listened to another Dr. Joe Dispenza video. Now, here's the thing. Here's really the thing. The thing is, you're listening to this, and you know it doesn't work. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. I'm the same person I was when I was 12. Same person. In fact, I wish I could get back in touch with the person I was when I was 12. So the point of this series of talks, as it were, is to talk about the fact that A, self-help doesn't work, but B... Ask the question of, does it work? Or at least talk about some of the stuff that self-help covers, okay? All the the greats, the Napoleon Hills, right? And, you know, the obviously the Tony Robbins or let's say the, the main concepts, self-image, law of attraction, you know? The, the, the concept of, as a man thinketh, so he is. You know, Alan Watts and, and the Bible once again, right? And, and and then asking the question, what the hell is going on? On the one hand, okay, let's just, let's just segue very quickly. If you're actually listening to this right now and you've been absorbed in listening to it, at the point at which you disidentify with the, the concept of I, like you're you and and the at the point to at which you've entered into the flow of what I'm saying and been carried away by it or absorbed by it, that's the actually the point at which you have actually experienced what it is to be alive. That's really what it boils down to. The problem with self-help is that it's trying to fix the thing that you call I. And the thing that you call I is the problem. This has to be the whole thing. Right. So once again, if you're identified with something, then it's a problem. It becomes a problem. It might be something beautiful. OK, so let's just put it this way. My beautiful Colombian wife and I went for yet another beautiful bike ride around the Glenmore Reservoir in Heritage Park in Calgary, Canada today. Today being obviously. Uh, well, now it's the 25th of August because I can't sleep because I had such a great day and we drank so much coffee and I'm obviously working on stuff for clients and I'm extremely agitated or excited or what have you. And so I thought I would do what Gary Vaynerchuk says, which is record a podcast. Now, I might as well tell you, I'm the biggest failure you've probably ever met in your life. I've written books, multiple books. I've written at least two books that are three to 400 pages long. 
one called a Shia Muslim in Vancouver. Somebody actually commented in a, on it, you know, a couple of days ago. It was very interesting. I received a note from Google saying somebody suggested some edits to it. Anyway, there's that book. There's a book called The No God Delusion I wrote in a, mar a matter of two weeks, I may add, which is a rebuttal to Richard Dawkins' The God Delusion. I've created multiple websites, hundreds of YouTube videos, okay? I was in the corporate world working for companies like Oracle, Computer Associates, other Fortune 500 companies, or startups that were later acquired by Fortune 500 companies. Essentially, I only worked for those two categories of companies. The first being Deloitte and Touche Fast 50 companies, which were software companies that have been branded by Deloitte and Touche, the consulting firm, as being fastest growing in a in specific city. So in Calgary, I worked for a company called Control F1 that was later acquired by Computer Associates. Okay. In Seattle, I worked for a company called Onvia, which I guess was not acquired, but it was a Deloitte and Touche Fast 50 company. And then in Vancouver, I worked for a company called Active State, which was a Deloitte and Touche Fast 50 company, later acquired by Sophos, the Fortune 500 uh, European antivirus company. They're, in fact, as I understand it, the leader in the antivirus space for enterprise in Europe. Now, corporate world bombed. Couldn't make it. Couldn't make it. Didn't work out. Okay, so started my own consulting. Okay, since 2008 till the present, let me just say I haven't succeeded in my consulting dreams. Okay, that's putting it very mildly. The truth of the matter is, I hope none of my supposed clients hear this, but no one has ever actually paid me any money for work that I've done. And I've done lots of work for people, things like website, creating ads, helping promote their business, selling them, sending them business leads, all kinds of stuff. Okay, YouTube, I've made hundreds of videos. What I'm trying to say is, I'm a passionate person. I'm relatively intelligent based on, you know, you know, standard metrics, let's say IQ and validation from other people and scoring high in 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 your SAT or what have you. Like your general your general metrics around intelligence through the grace of God, I consider myself intelligent like most people, but there is some validation from the external world that I'm intelligent. I've been told I'm a great communicator. I'm a, I've been told I'm a great writer. You know, so I've written these books. And and not just the the No God Delusion and, and a Shia Muslim in Vancouver. And I've submitted them to like hundreds of agents and publishers, the whole nine yards. It's like it reminds me of a story of David Ogilvy, okay, the father of advertising. He was a sales guy in England. And then he writes in his book, I decided to go to New York and start an advertising agency and he writes next sentence it was an overnight success something like that and the dude used to go to vacation and stay in a castle in scotland like the size and and breadth and scope of which makes you know p diddy's mansion look like you know kind of like a, a nursery anyway i'm rambling a bit i apologize i appreciate you listening to all of this my point is that 
I failed at so many things. I can't even count the number of things I failed at. I was in Amway for like seven years and I've done all kinds of multi-level marketing. And I was the guy who would go to the mall and would go to the bookstop and would like not stalk people, but, you know, contact people in the gym. And I got numbers and I showed plans and I was hanging out with diamonds. And the whole thing is this. There's two ways of looking at it. First of all, this I identify with with I. Okay, find something. Forget everything. Forget all of it. Self-help is nonsense. I'm here to tell you it's nonsense. I've read way more self-help and listened to way more audiobooks and watched way more YouTube videos and see more gurus coming through town than you have. I can almost guarantee you that unless you're in that industry. I listen to the stuff on a constant basis, by the way, right? I mean, last year I got into the law of attraction in a big way and Joe Vitale, and I can talk about a lot of that stuff and I will in coming episodes. But the main thing I want to say to you is if you've listened to this so far, A, find an experience that you can lose yourself in. This is the only and the only and the only antidote to the angst of being the angst of being people are talking about finding themselves now the problem is being alive unfortunately <laughs> my dear listener being alive is a burden being alive is a burden being a let's put it this way being alive is an the ultimate gift and blessing for which you can never even understand let alone express the the requisite amount of gratitude it's a it's it's like you know being alive is just like you that's just something that's this right next to god right being alive being alive being aware being self-aware okay that's something that's so sublime but now here's the thing being aware is one thing being self-aware now that's that's really where the problem starts so once again Find something that you can lose yourself in. Don't let your mom, if you're 14 and listening to this, don't let your mom or dad stop you from playing video games. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and drink and do drugs and do stuff that's self-destructive. But if you're interested in daytime soap operas and you're a stay-at-home mom and you find that you lose yourself in daytime soap operas, then understand that you should be watching daytime soap operas. now. If you're on the phone with your sister in Bogota gossiping about your pastor for like 45 minutes a day, that's probably not the thing to do. Obviously, you've got something called a conscience. There's all these questions that that are hopefully going to be covered in later talks. Questions about the nature of awareness, the nature of perception, the nature of consciousness consciousness and your conscience but let's just put it this way you exist this is a given okay and your existence is predicated around what you think and how you feel just like joe vitale not joe vitale sorry joe dispenza said in the video i just listened to your personality makes up your personal reality and your personality is what you're thinking how you act and what you feel. Now, how you act, let's just put that to the side. Let's just say you're sitting there listening to this, or let's just say you're sitting out on 
the edge of Glenmore Reservoir in Calgary. It's a beautiful day. You know it's the end of summer. You've had an amazing summer. Your wife's been away. And, you know, she was on a cruise ship cutting people's hair or some nonsense for nine months. And you finally get back together. And it's like amazing, amazing summer. Okay, now it's perfect. Life is perfect. Your business is finally taking off. You finally realize that self-help is a bunch of nonsense and you need to just be focusing on whatever you feel like focusing on. So that's all it, that's it right there. You find something to lose yourself in that is not destructive. This is the message of this podcast. Maybe that's what I should call this episode. It was meant to be an introductory episode. I listened to Gary V. I got on Anchor. I submitted some artwork. I came up with the title, Self-Help Sucks, because it does suck. And I hope you enjoyed this recording. And I hope you come back or give it a rating or do some goddamn thing that actually compels me to keep recording because I enjoyed it. It's been 20 minutes. I lost myself in this recording. And for the time I was talking... I was actually alive. Fun the the paradox of 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 life. Once again, when you're focused on yourself, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. I don't care if you're having visions about driving a Lamborghini and thinking that one day that's going to materialize into a real Lamborghini, which may or may not be the case, but the fact that you're thinking about the thing called I or yourself is a predicament which causes suffering. At some point, you'll be thinking good and and so-called positive thoughts about yourself, right? The self, this thing, which is a debatable concept, by the way. I might as well just throw out that the Buddha didn't believe in the self. The, Bo- the Buddha said that there, there is no self. And he had all these powerful arguments that he dismantled his opponents with around the fact that there is no self. Now, I humbly submit to you that once again, you exist. I'm hoping you're not going to disagree with the assertion that you exist. And that there has to be an I, there's something there. But the, the whole point is this, that I is simply a channel. It's simply something. There's... Now, there's the question of, does this I have a personality? This, and this is, another, this is another thing I want to talk about at some point, perhaps in the next episode, which is, are some people born to succeed? Or can anyone, like jo- Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, uh, asserts, can anyone become a super me? Can you become a super you? What is a super you? Would you or would you not agree unless you had a bad childhood? God forbid. I mean, a lot of people do have bad childhoods. A lot of people don't receive enough attention and and they receive abuse, in fact, and they go through trauma. Let's put it this way. You need to go through a certain amount of trauma in your life and you may have it when you're early on, uh, when you're young, early on in life, or you may have it in your teens or 20s or 30s, or you may die lonely and broke like. I was going to say like Beethoven, but it may have been Shakespeare or it may have been neither of them. In any case, my point is there is suffering in life.
But the suffering, I just want to repeat to you, the suffering is predicated around you being identified with yourself. If you just take the suffering, let's just let's just look at it like this. Let's say you become aware that you're having a dream. You're dreaming, and then suddenly you realize you're dreaming. At that point, at the point at which you realize you're dreaming, it does not matter whether the dream is a good or bad dream. It's exactly the same with suffering. If you're identified with this thing called I, then the suffering becomes personal and everything becomes personal. And by the way, there has to be suffering because you know for a fact that even if it's good today, you know that's not going to last. And that becomes a cause of suffering. That was kind of like at the whips, the wisps of my my awareness as I sat on the lake or the reservoir today with my wife and you know, we just had an amazing time. We actually, you know, she had a long week. I'd gotten up early to get out there and meet her because we're married. We've been married for 15 years, but, you know, we're separated, obviously. Um, still technically married, not legally married, married through a Christian church, but not through a Muslim church. We have a temporary marriage in Islam, which is a Shia thing. Anyway, long story short, A, Find something to lose yourself in. This is all that matters. And understand self-help sucks because when you're involved in self-help, you're meditating on the self. And then, then the third and the final thing, which is kind of a lead into our next episode, if there is one, God willing, is going to be the fact that it seems that some people are predicated to succeed. Okay, It's like you read stories about like this guy, Ed Catmull and John Lasseter. I'm I'm listening to an audiobook about the starting of Pixar. I've actually got two of them queued up on, on Scribd. Um same with like Evan Stone, who started uh, you know, uh let's say Twitter and and Joe Dorsey and Biz Stone. I mean, Steve Jobs, um, Bill Gates. Okay. People who are immensely successful, 90% of the time, it seems, had these traits when they were kids. They were curious about things. And like Wozniak, Steve Wozniak, you know, was just crazy about microchips and computers. And Ed Catmull knew when he was a kid and John Lasseter, they knew they wanted to work for Disney and make animation. Anyway, I'm rambling. My point is this. Self-help sucks. Don't. Beat yourself up if you can't think positive or if you can't figure out the law of attraction or if the, you know what? It's all a state of mind. Right now, if you're thinking about something predicated around you, as in the thing you call I, quote unquote, then you're suffering. On the other hand, if you're just experiencing what is, experiencing nature, experiencing a movie, experiencing this rambling speech of mine which i'm going to publish shortly and and hope that perhaps it might uh reach out and touch you and get you to think about things then uh you know you're fine as long as you're absorbed in something but once again as soon as the concept of i comes into play you're done for so a find something to lose yourself in b stop worrying that you've read all these books and they all say the same thing pretty much in, in more and more scientific and newfangled ways, but they don't seem to do any goddamn thing to your thinking. And by the way, stop thinking that successful people are different. 
Somehow they're better. Somehow they yada, 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 yada. You know what? Take a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk. He's amazing. I'm not going to ever bring him down. But they're funnier guys than Gary Vaynerchuk. They're more energetic guys. They're better speakers. They're better entrepreneurs. They're, you know, if you take apart each of the things that makes him amazing, the thing that Gary Vaynerchuk has going for him, which is what I offer to you, is he just does whatever the hell he wants to do. Period. I guess. I guess that's where we're going to have to leave it for now. This is Anchor, and so I've got a 30-minute time frame here. Thank God we're coming up on that 30 minutes. And so I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you listening. I wonder if one or 12 people are ever going to listen to this thing and uh, what you think. Um, so if there's a place to leave comments, I'd love to hear your comments. If you've got some questions about self-help, which sucks, by the way, I'm probably the guy to ask because I've probably read and listen to CDs and heard people talk about whatever it is that you're worried about from positive mental attitude to law of attraction to self-image, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, visualization, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I hope you'll come back and listen to some more. I hope you'll leave some comments. I hope you'll subscribe if there's a feed. And uh, you know what? I wish you the best in your journey. But just remember, being alive is the ultimate blessing, but it's a curse and a burden and it's suffering if you are self-aware. You know, self-aware, self-awareness is the greatest gift in the universe, inexplicably priceless, and it's also the bane of our existence.